Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. What's going on, everybody? You people are listening to Topic Thunder. What is up, guys, and welcome into the latest episode of the Topic Thunder podcast. I am your host today, Dylan Huntzinger, a.k.a. at Thunder Chats, but I am not by myself. Joining us today is a man hailing from the city of Lawrence, Kansas. He is an avid Minnesota Timberwolves fan, but spends numerous hours watching every team in the association. He is the co-host of the Four Season podcast for BallIsLife.com, where his list of guests rival that of Howard Stern's. The only thing that holds more nobility than his text is in his name. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure, honor to introduce and welcome to the show, Zach Noble. Zach, how are you doing, brother? Damn, now, that's that's pretty impressive. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. That's one of the best intros I've gotten. Don't think I deserve that just yet, but I'm happy to be here, man. And um, everything sounded great outside of Lawrence. I miss those days. I was last there 2013 but um, I try to get back for a basketball game every now and then uh, lived in Kansas for three years lived in Boston for three now I'm up in Minnesota so yeah that's, that, where I am. that's on me that that's on me my bad no it's all good it's just a fun topic absolutely man well yeah we're we're uh we're thrilled to have you on here um you know you say you don't deserve it but like I told you before we started I've been listening to your podcast for a little over a year now so uh, I'm really stoked to have you, but let's go ahead and jump right in here just for some people that don't know you. Um, I always do this with all our guests. I just ask a little f- few background questions so uh, the listener can kind of get to know who you are. So uh, let's jump right into it here. What made you get into podcasting? Yeah, so I always tell people, I've, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur at heart. Um, and I mean, ever since I was a kid, honestly, I've been trying to work and make money and honestly my biggest passion has always been sports in the nba i went to over 200 timberwolves games as a kid really lucky and blessed to be able to do that went to every playoff game in the kg era that's why how i became obsessed with the nba really i I dedicated all to kg um and honestly there was was hardships a lot of it and it's like that's minnesota sports for you but um one guy i mean no, nobody I, I respect and love more in the NBA than KG. And um, I remember games back to when I was six years old. I really do watching Michael Jordan um, in Minnesota or just from my house with my dad growing up. And honestly, 
growing up, I just wanted to do something in basketball. I always wanted to be an agent. That was my thing, like seventh grade on. Um, yeah. And I was close. I mean, I've represented a few players overseas and close on a couple NFL prospects, but never found my way in necessarily. And um, with that said, I mean, I've always tried to figure out other ways to break into the NBA. I mean, my ultimate dream job outside of being an agent was being in the NBA front office. And uh, kind of once, once I figured out podcasting, I was like, okay, this is a way I can create it for myself. And that entrepreneur mindset I have is just like, I, there's, there's a way to make money. There's a way to grow this thing and get into it. And um, when I got started, I mean, I ran into Ryan when I first moved to Kansas City um, three and a half years ago now. Uh, Ryan was bartending and um, I was working in sales and I met him as a bartender and he was writing for the NBA as well. So uh, we kind of just hit it off. Um, talking NBA and talking shop and realized he wanted to do a podcast and I've been wanting to do a podcast for two years or so before that but never really wanted to start it on my own um, I'm more of the business minded and uh, just I hustle uh, that's kind of what it comes down to yeah. where Ryan was Ryan was the perfect um, guy to be paired with because he likes doing the editing and the computer stuff the technical work that I don't like to do so um, we matched up, we started the thing rolling and, um, I kind of set benchmarks and goals along the way and, um, got lucky and hit a couple and things just kept rolling. And honestly, it's, it's been a fun ride. Uh, definitely peaks and valleys with growth and whatnot. That's the hardest thing is how to continue to grow this. But, um, no matter what, I mean, I make a little money here and there and that's the, the coolest part about it all. But, um, I, I, I don't have to make any money. I'm always going to love doing it, but, um, yeah, it was just my way of breaking into the sports industry for sure. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And, you know, you, you talk about how Ryan's like your perfect counterpart. Uh, I really enjoy your all's back and forth. You always have, uh, you guys are always giving each other crap and it, it, it just, it just adds to the dynamic. Yeah, no, it, it, it's nonstop for sure. Uh, people call me out all the time is like how you take that from ryan and he's like he gives you so much shit and i'm like it's just i've gotten used to it it is what it is that's our relationship and, it, and it's fun so we understand each other and it's never i mean never gets too extreme oh uh, yeah, absolutely and you know um you, you talked a little bit about how you linked up with ryan but you know i mentioned in your intro you guys are a uh, partner with ball is life on the four seasons how, how did that partnership come about yeah so Honestly, along the way, it was just basically networking as much as possible. And um, a lot of people reached out to companies along the way, small companies that um, promoted our podcast and helped grow our show, um, reached out to me. But a lot of it was self-provoked as well, I guess. Um, but it's just building relationships, networking nonstop. And um, Ball is Life, I mean... I kind of, we were following each other, me and one of the guys, and uh, he reached out to me that they're starting a podcast network and we're interested in our show. And um, that's kind of how it started, really. Um, he was impressed with all the guests we were getting and the videos we put out and thought it was a good fit. And so far, so good. And they've really helped our growth. That's for sure. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean, that, that that's crazy to think about, you know, to go from just, you know, starting a podcast, just talking shop talking basketball with one of your buddies and then 
ball is life's like hey we, we want to partner with you and yeah. um, you know you kind of touched on your guests there um you know like i said in the in the intro there you've got you've got a guest list that rivals howard stern's uh what interview have you done that you've enjoyed the most yeah so that that's everybody always asks me that question and it's always so tough um there's only really been like three to five people that we've had on that I just haven't liked or they've been boring and lame and hard to get um, a good conversation out of. And uh, for me, the ones that really stick out, I mean, it's not, they're not all just the biggest ones, but Mark Cuban, our biggest interview. And like I said, I'm a business guy. And so I could just sit there and talk shop with Mark. And um, when I landed him, I was just like, I couldn't believe it. It was like surreal for me because I've followed him forever and I've always just respected him on so many levels, but like he, he loved it. He's a big ball is life guy. He was all about it. And uh, I think he'll definitely come on again down the road and whatnot. And uh, he just, he was open to talk about anything, could ask him some hard questions and it was, it was cool. And the fact that he might be a presidential candidate, he actually guaranteed that he's going to be a presidential candidate in the next few years. So that was really cool to just, hopefully sooner than later. Um, I, I do like his business and his poli- politics as well, but he's definitely, he's, he's a loud voice and strong, strong opinions. So that's for sure. Outside of that, I mean, we've had 35 plus current players, uh, 125 plus guests overall. And to me, the players that stick out the most are the guys that really open up and give us the time. Uh, guys that stick out to me, Jonathan Isaac, uh, Robert Covington and then the Morris twins were, were a lot of fun because we had them on one after the next and we played like twins games with them mm-hmm. and trying to guess each other's what they would um, answer our, to our questions and whatnot. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, being, I went to school with them, they didn't remember me, but I, I drank with them from time to time and I hung out in the same circles with them. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's wild that, you know, small world out there, you know, your circle's just connecting over time. Right. All right, last question on your background here. What's been your favorite overall experience since you started podcasting? Yeah, for me, I mean, it's just making an ultimate goal of mine kind of come true, making a little money off sports, and that's always been, like, my ultimate life goal. My biggest passion in life is basketball, and everybody who knows me, it's just like, is that all he talks about? Is that all he is? Is basketball? No, I'm more than a guy that talks about basketball, but uh, it's my biggest obsession. Uh, it might be a little, little too much, but um, that'd be my that'd be the, what my answer would be. I'd say, other than that, just meeting all these great people. I mean, just connecting, making this world a smaller place, and meeting people like you and um, everybody else I, I get to meet on NBA Twitter. It's kind of a cool world. Absolutely, man. That's awesome. Well. As we mentioned, you know, you are a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, uh, and we did play a game against you guys last night. So let's go ahead and dive into that recap in a segment that we do when we hook up the TiVo. You don't need to explain to me why you need TiVo. Yeah, because you know we're 
we're Topic Thunder. We're loosely based off the movie Tropic Thunder. So yeah. all of our segments are related to that. So, <clears throat> all right, man. So uh, game recap, you know, I, I, I put a few notes just for the first, second, third. You know, Thunder kind of controlled the first. The Wolves came back in the second, and then they extended the lead in the third. But in the fourth quarter, that's when all heck broke loose. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, it was wild. I mean, I unfortunately didn't get to watch it live. Um, I had to watch the recap and re-watch the game here uh, today when I got home from my family event. And man, I, it was not a game I wanted to re-watch because I, I watched um, probably the last three minutes from my phone last night and just mm-hmm. drinking my sorrows away, really. <laughs> but uh, just how that all unfolded, it's, it's like... The Monday night football, the Vikings did the same sort of thing, and it just keeps going on and on, and just the stuff never ends. But um, the fact that Cat tried to miss that free throw, and it still goes in, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not gonna sit here and just complain about Chris Paul and being super intelligent and working the system as he always does. And it, it sucks because Chris Paul's been one of my favorite all-time players at his college jersey. Had his uh, New Orleans jersey, and then Russell Westbrook. But just how this game happens now, I'm always gonna just look at the Thunder bad and Chris Paul. It's like we were substituting Jordan Bell. Okay, he was wasn't prepared to get in the game. I mean, that's not an excuse. Yeah. But in the same sense, I mean, that's why he hasn't tucked his jersey. I mean, he wasn't expecting to get the call in that situation, which is pathetic on his end. Uh, but then the Hail Mary came, and it was just terrible defense on the Hail Mary. Uh, maybe a little offensive shove, but of course they're not going to call that with OKC being home. And then they just deflated in overtime, just fell apart. But, uh, I mean, not a whole lot to say other than we got to be smarter. And, I mean, there's a lot of bad luck there, but... Uh, fun game overall. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the way teams played. And they, I, when you said you want the Thunder to lose, I mean, you're, you've been one of those guys from the beginning. You want them to tank and make these picks as good as possible. Uh, here and there, you know, I, I honestly, I changed my mind on the daily, specifically early on in the season. <laughs> Um, but, you know, the fan in you, you don't want to see – like, you want your team to try as hard as they can. You want them to be successful. Um, we've just – as a Thunder fandom, we've kind of been redefining what success is because we know, you know, the futures of Gallinari and maybe even Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, maybe even Adams, you know. We know the futures of them on our team is limited. So we know once we – you know, once their time on the team is done, this team's going to look a lot different and, and a lot worse. So I, I guess we're kind of preparing ourselves for that stage. But, you know, it, it's it's like I, I've been telling people, you know, if we lose, you know, that's fine because right. that gets us closer. You know, it gets us a better draft pick. But if we win, you know, that's fine, too, because, hey, we won. <laughs> right. You guys so, just have so many other teams as picks where, I mean, mm-hmm. why not be competitive if you can? You know, that's kind of how I look at it. But I, I truly think, I mean, Presti's got to be shopping Gallinari, got to be shopping Chris Paul mm-hmm. uh, because, I mean, they're they're not getting any better. They're 
and they're locked in. I mean, Chris Paul especially. So I, I definitely would try to trade them. I would try to get rid of them as quickly and as soon as possible because there's teams out there I think they can get assets for, especially for Gallinari. Um, I know a lot, a lot of teams need them and want them. So it's going to – they're one of the most intriguing teams to watch. And I, I just – I want – I liked how Shea and um, – Chris has been playing together. I'm, I'm okay with it, and I think he's definitely helping him as a player because the growth is there, and yeah. I think Chris Paul is embracing OKC, what you say? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've, uh, you know, I've actually kind of been shocked at how well the whole Chris Paul experience has gone in OKC because, you know, he has this label as this locker room cancer. He has this label as, you know, this guy that flops over the place and you know, has a negative attitude and everything, but Every stop along the way, you know, he's been upbeat. He seems to be a positive influence on the young guys. And um, every he takes every opportunity for it to be a teaching moment, whether it's Shea Gilchrist Alexander, Darius Baisley, or even guys like Dennis Schroeder and Steven Adams. Like, he's he's trying, you know, he's he's all in. Like, he's bought into this, uh, this time that he's in at OKC. So, uh, I've been really impressed with him, honestly. Absolutely. No, I've always thought the stuff, the antics have been – overrated and the fact that cancer yeah he's probably not the nicest guy to play with but (laughs) i mean he's a competitor he but it's not like i don't think he tears you apart where it's it's in a mean way it's like that he that he means that it's more so he just thinks it's better for the team and that's how he thinks they're gonna win i mean he he wants you to succeed as a player and whatnot yeah so i've never think he's like wishing ill will amongst his teammates that's and that's what people make him out to be at times uh but he understands that the situation he's in he's got a long contract here and if he wants to see that through and not lose a lot of that money or continue to play in the nba he might have to play on a team like okc Mm -hmm. he might have to be a part of a building team because who knows who's gonna want him and for how long so uh I think he's understanding that and realizing it. And he didn't think he was going to get traded out of Houston, from what I can tell. Um, that kind of shot him by surprise, the way Daryl Morey said he wasn't going to trade him. And then he trades him immediately. So mm-hmm. I, it, it's it's been fine. And they've been really competitive. I've, I've enjoyed watching this OKC team. It's not one of the, the my least favorite teams to watch, that's for sure. But... Um, Outside of Shea, I mean, nothing, in my opinion, in this team doesn't have a whole lot right now besides the picks to get excited for. Yeah, Shea, Shea's the, you know, he, he's kind of the one thing that we're really hanging our hats on. You know, there's some guys, you know, they have exciting moments, like Adarius Baisley, like Terrence Ferguson every now and then, and even Hamnu Diallo, um, who he's been hurt for a while with, uh, I think, a dislocated elbow, or hyperextended elbow, something like that, but... Tommy was really providing a lot of, uh, you know, exciting plays. But, yeah, Shea, you know, we've just really enjoyed watching his growth, how how he's, he's able to finish around the rim and really uh, how much he's grown as a shooter. Um, you know, you kind of saw a little bit of it last night. He struggled the last few games as far as the shooting's gone. But um, compared to what we saw last year, the growth from last year to this year and his shooting and his scoring ability, it, it's got us – it's got our ears perked up. We, we're ready for it. Heck, yeah. Yeah, but um, let's talk about Shea a little bit here. Let's let's shift on over to the Thunder side. Um, 
what what do you think his potential is? Because you know, like I said, the Thunder Thunder fans, Thunder organization, we all think really highly of Shea. Um, honestly, if we don't have Shea, then I feel like our hopes and our enthusiasm about this team right now are uh, considerably lower than they are. So, as an outsider, as a Timberwolves fan, and as an NBA fan in general, what what do you think Shea's potential is? To be honest, he's one of I I mean I I watch as much college basketball as I can and I always watch the tournament very closely and the, the conference tournaments and whatnot and um Shay I just found a way to watch more of his games in college and I, I really liked him as a prospect. I was super high on him. Uh to be honest, I had him in my top seven. He was my top point guard coming out or number two. I forget the other point guard in that draft. Um, but I, I know he was either one or two for me on my board. Uh, but with that said, I mean, he's been everything and more this early in his career. Um, his just maturity, his intelligence, um, and then his ability is way past what I thought it was going to be. Uh, but I personally, I think his ceiling is a top 10 player in this league. I think it's that high. Um, hey. Yeah, I'm, I'm crazy high on him, man. I really really believe in this dude. I mean, a tall point guard that can play defense as well. Um, he can shoot the ball, and I think his percentages are only going to go up in his numbers, but uh, the dude's just intelligent, and his leadership is there. Um, I I see him as a winning player. Like, I really do. Like, take Chris Paul off this team, put a young piece on here. I think Shea's going to, like, keep your, your team competitive regardless. I think he's um, really polished as a second-year guy. I don't. I'm not guaranteeing I him as a top ten player. I, I truly think he'll be a top fifteen, top twenty player someday. I'll be yeah. shocked if he isn't. I don't know. What are your thoughts there? I mean, I I think he's definitely gonna be an all-star. Um, yes. I, I think the ability and the potential for him to be a superstar. You know, kind of be in that top ten, top five range. Uh, I'm not top five, sorry, (laughs) top 15, top 10 range um, is just for him to be consistent, creating a shot off the dribble. Um, You know, if he can't create a shot, like he can get to the rim all he wants. You know, Russell Westbrook was getting to the rim all he wanted last year and Portland just sagged off of him and dared him to shoot. Um, If that becomes the uh, if that comes the case with Shea then, you know, that that definitely lowers his ceiling a little bit. But I I would really like to see his creating ability um, take that next step. I know it's kind of hard with Chris Paul and even Dennis Schroeder and now apparently Steven Adams, who, you know, is taking a lot of the creation responsibilities on this team. Um, but I, I saw it. I, I'm a U.K. fan, uh, full disclosure. Oh. So, yeah, I, I watched him in college. Yeah, you're a Kansas fan, right? <laughs> you got it. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, I like Kentucky more than Duke, but I still hate Kentucky. Uh, that, that's fair. We like you more than Duke, too, but we still hate right. you. <laughs> that's but, yeah, so I, I watched him in college, so I know what he can do creation-wise, and I also know how hard he works because at the beginning of his uh, freshman year, he was the backup point guard to Quad A Green, and, you know, then he worked his way up to a lottery pick. So, I know the hours that he puts in the gym, and I know that he can add these things to his game to make him that top 10 player. Um, and and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I think uh, a lot of it has to do with just putting the right pieces around him um, for his growth. And I like what you said about his IQ because I think that's kind of what the Thunder is going for in this rebuild. I think that's something Presti's looked for uh, all along, but you know he was trying to just build a team that fit around Russell Westbrook is uh, Presti values high IQ players. 
And I think that you put a premium on that when you make your cornerstone Shea Gildas Alexander, this high IQ player. And I, I think you're going to see the rest of the roster kind of shape up that way in the next few years as these draft picks come along. It's in- interesting you say that because you think coming from a guy like Russell Westbrook, who can be awfully reckless at times, um, and I wouldn't, de- I wouldn't consider him the most intelligent player in the world. Uh, he's a guy that thrives on other skills and abilities rather than intelligence. Uh, but honestly, yes, he may be an intelligent player, but he allows his body and his speed to surpass his, his IQ, and then mm-hmm. he would say, oftentimes. And I, it's tough because I love Russell, and I, I agree to that. And it, it definitely... I, I would rather have him be who he is than uh, yeah. pl- play another way. It's just who he is, and it, there, there's a cap to that. You know, there's a limit. Uh, with uh, Shea, I mean, yeah, if he's your building block and you're starting with this super intelligent guy, you're kind of going the opposite of where you were before, and it, it's going to be fun and interesting, and um, there might be a more unlimited ceiling. Who knows? Absolutely. Yep. I hate you. The more you talk about it, the more I get excited about it. So uh, <laughs> let's change the subject. We'll talk about Shay all night. Um, so talking about Darius Bay, you know, we talked a little bit about the other uh, Thunder young guys. This guy is a guy that not a lot of people knew about coming into the draft. Actually, a lot of Thunder fans were kind of irate that we drafted Darius Baisley in the draft because the first thing they said was this guy's been interning at New Balance for the past year. So um, that that's a red flag for the Thunder fans. So, but this is a guy that's you know he's shown a lot of skill. I think he also has a high IQ. Um, what 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 do you think about Darius Basley? Uh, what what do you think his uh, the way I worded it was his what was your past, present, and future opinion of Darius Basley? Yeah, no, I like to tell you worded that, but uh, he's tough for me. He really is. I mean, just from. Going off the tape, we had to look at and um, a tough guy to evaluate coming in. Um, mm. I like his body. I like the way he moves as a player. It's just I, I was never sold on him coming in. That's probably because of the unknowns. But yeah, um, he seems to be more intelligent than I thought of him for sure. I think that's growing on me a little bit. Um, but his ability is right kind of where I pegged him. Um, I'm surprised. Like. The minutes are basically exactly right where I think they should be at 16.8. But uh, I don't – my thing with him coming in, and it still is the same now, but it might be even lower now, I guess. Um, But I think he had a really low floor and a higher ceiling than most picks at coming in at 23 like he did. Uh, But I just don't think his ceiling is as high as a lot of people made it out to be. So – um, I would have liked to see him take somebody else there, but I definitely think he's a guy that could definitely shock me um, and blow past what I think of him. I don't have like a a projected ceiling, like a number on him mm-hmm. for player rankings or what have you. Yeah. But I, I would say, I mean, best case scenario where I'm at with him right now, if he could become a seventh or eighth man and just a good two-way player, I'd be very happy with that. I, I would be. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I'm kind of along the same way. Um, I, I think I, I'm a little bit higher on his ceiling, just a little bit, just because 
he, he's shown the ability to uh, to handle and and he has a pretty high basketball IQ and passing the ball, uh, creating for others. Yeah. Um, he he actually talked about how he would rather create for others. Um, so I I think he has a little bit higher ceiling, but you know, game to game, you know. There's one night he'll hit three threes. He'll have a couple assists. He'll do some crazy things on defense. And then there's other nights he'll just look lost out there. Uh, he'll be right. attacked on pick and rolls, and you know he'll miss his shots, and he's just struggling. And you know he's a rookie. I mean he's a 19 year old rookie. I mean that's to be expected. But um, in terms of the rebuild and you know what we're looking for now, um, it, it's kind of hard to peg what he's going to do. So yeah, I, I just wanted to know your opinion on that, just because you know. Everybody's talking about Shea, even if you're not a Thunder fan. But Darius right. Face was kind of more obscure. So, um, to be honest, I still like Diallo better as a prospect, yeah. um, which might that might sound crazy, um, but I just don't know if Diallo is ever going to get his true opportunity. He hasn't yet. I don't know if he ever will. Where basically it will, he's going to get mm-hmm. his, his real shot here. Um, so we'll, we'll get to see what he's made of, um, but. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see him become a guy that can be a starter. I mean, somebody like Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, somebody who they thought, better, but better, like what we thought RHJ could be. Um, but I, I don't know. As a player comparison, I don't really have much else. Yeah, no, and I, I, I love Hami. You know, again, UK yeah. fan, so I was, I was high on Hami coming in. Um but yeah, I mean he's he's been doing great off the bench when he was healthy. You know he was providing that energy. Uh, he was providing pretty much one or two highlight plays every night. You know get the fans going, get the team and um, you know their energy up. And he was putting up like about nine points a game, so he was doing great. It's just you know he's been hurt, and you know that's that sucks because he was doing so good. And when he comes back, I don't know if that production is going to be able to continue, but. Yeah, I love Hami, so I'm right there with you. I think he's got a lockdown defender potential, honestly. Yep. I agree. But uh, what other current young player in the league right now do you think would fit the Thunder and they should try to pursue? I think the biggest thing is who is willing or who wants Gallinari and who wants Chris Paul mm-hmm. uh, and guys that come to mind. I mean, Gallinari, I mean – the Blazers would be a great target for him. And yeah. I think Zach Collins would be great next to Steven Adams. Um, I definitely am very interested in that. Anthony Simons, I think, could play with um, Shea. I, I, yep. I don't think it'd be a picture-perfect fit, but I think mm-hmm. it'd be a pretty dang good fit. I, I mean, I would love to try it because um, I'm not the highest guy on Simons, but I'm high on him. Uh, but it, there's some people out there that, think simons is worth like two first round picks <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm not there I, i'm not that high but um gallinari can definitely get you something good out of there um other teams like miami i mean if you could come up they'd be interested in gallo and cp3 so um if you could come up with like a justice winslow i think that'd be unreal um and i think justice is a guy that fits with anybody um, I, I truly believe that he fits with any team out there. Uh, other than that, um, let's see. You got any ideas for me? Uh, I've I've got a long shot idea. Um, some Thunder fans hate this idea. Some Thunder fans are actually on board with it. 
you know, Shay and Hami were teammates in high in college. Um, yep. So another teammate that came into the draft with them, Kevin Knox, kind of had an unfair shake in New York. Yep. Uh, he's in the abyss of New York. Um, I think that if he was to come down here with Shay and Hami, you know, having familiarity with those teammates and, you know, them trusting him and then their abilities, I think it could revitalize his career, and I think it'd be a great piece. I love that, man, because that was the arguably the biggest – Kevin Knox guy there was when he him coming out. I just yeah. think he's got an incredibly high ceiling. And I, I still believe that he just hasn't got a true opportunity and the Knicks haven't put him in the positions to succeed. And I don't think they're, they've ever been that high on him, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a few guys I think they should target for the Knicks, basically anybody outside of RJ Barrett there. Um, and I think there's, there's stuff to be said about, I mean, I don't think they're willing to give up Julius Randle. I don't, but you never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'd be a great fit next to Adams. I, I'd like that anyways. Uh, but, yeah, Kevin Knox would be a great high high upside play. With, I don't think you'd have to give up a ton. Yeah, that that's kind of what I was thinking, you know, just because, like you said, it doesn't seem like the Knicks – value Knox like I guess he should be valued because even when he's played like he's he's done good like he shot the ball a lot better this year I think he's scoring a couple more points per game than he did last year and you know even with that increased productivity it doesn't seem like he's getting um that extra opportunity so I I feel like you know I I don't know what it would take to get him but I would love to see Knox team back up with Hamdu Diallo and Shagos Alexander Mm -hmm. um outside of that I could see the Bulls being somewhat sellers. I just don't know who. I know they wouldn't give up Wendell Carter, and I know he doesn't fit for the Thunder, but mm-hmm. I don't know if where they're at on Laurie Markinen, that sort of thing. Um, I think Wendell and Kobe are the only two guys that they want to hang on to for sure, it seems like to me. Um, yeah. The Bulls could be a seller. The Hornets could be a seller. Um, the Magic, I mean – it's just I don't think you guys – I mean, the picks, if the Magic were willing to give up Aaron Gordon for a bunch of your picks, um, that would be really intriguing to me. So uh, those are just some of the trade targets. And uh, those guys I mentioned there, Aaron Gordon, um, the Bulls guys, I mean, Laurie or whoever, uh, they would definitely fit next to Shea. Yep, and, you know, th- those are a few names that have kind of been – tossed around here and there uh, another one we'll talk about a little bit later but before we get into that uh what potential draftee do you think the thunder or would fit the thunder and they should try to pursue because right now I, I think that we're projected you know somewhere towards the end of the lottery mid lottery something like that so uh assuming we keep our pick i think if we miss the playoffs we keep our pick so assuming we keep our pick uh, who do you think would be a good fit hmm Let's see. Um, you'd have to get really lucky. Um, one guy I'd pegged, but yeah, I've seen him be a little, little higher on boards. Uh, but I honestly think I think the Thunder. I'll be surprised if they don't make a deal and they don't drop back, or else if they keep this team and they roll it out. I mean, they're going to be competitive the rest of the year, and I mm-hmm. think they'll win thirty-four plus games. Yeah. Um, so if they could get like a Jaden McDaniels out of Washington, mm-hmm. I think that'd be amazing. Josh Green has high upside. I'm yep. not in love, love with Josh Green. 
um, from Arizona. He'd be an option. Um, not Scotty Lewis, not so much. He's in that area, though. Um, other than that, oh, Precious would be dreamy. That's who this one board it says OKC at 24 and Precious would fall right to him. I'd love that. I'll take that all day. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be unreal. Yeah, it, I like uh, Jaden McDaniels is a name that, you know, all the Thunder fans have kind of circled. Like, you know, that's like he's perfect. Um, Josh Green, a couple people have talked to me about. I've kind of watched him a little bit just because I've been watching Nico because early on, like I think before the season, we was projected to take Nico. So I've been keeping a close eye on him. But Josh Green's been uh, pretty impressive as, you know, just an athlete and a guy that can go out and get buckets. Yeah, it's crazy to think, like, this draft has been growing on me. I'll, I'll say that. I think it's mm-hmm. a deeper draft. I'm not, like, sold on anybody, like, outside the first couple of guys, a lot, like, upsides there, um, like, as all-star type potential. But yeah. I think this could be a really deep draft. I do. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out because there's guys right now on boards in the second round that I can that I would have in the first round and um, beyond. Uh, but yeah, it's just right now, and this is how it, it always is. Though boards look way different now than they will come that time, but uh, it's just all over the place, and the boards are much different from everywhere. There's not too much consistencies. Yeah, absolutely. And um, but I just gotta ask you this while we're on the while we're on the issue of the draft. Uh, what is your opinion on Lamelo Ball and how he'll fit in the NBA? Ooh. I've probably watched two or three full games of his. Um, mm-hmm. and I try to watch as many highlights as I can of his. So I wouldn't say I've evaluated him to the the length that I would like to. Um, mm-hmm. He still feels raw to me. He still feels a bit, a bit sloppy, but he's super talented. I mean, the dude's, dude's way better than Lonzo coming in. That's for sure. And I was never, yeah. I liked Lonzo, but I was more sold on Lonzo's ceiling, and I thought Lonzo had a really low floor. Where this guy has, this guy has a pretty high floor. I'm just not, not sure of his ceiling. Uh, I like. The intelligence part is still like, if, if he is gonna have that, gonna have the confidence to play in this, like, yeah, he's, but he's basically thriving off um, in all these other leagues where I don't think, yeah, I just think it's gonna be a culture shock a little bit when he gets to the NBA. Mm-hmm. I, I really do like for him to come out and just dominate right from the get um, is gonna be interesting. That's for sure, but. Um, I just, I want to say he's a two-year, three-year project at least, um, but he he's gonna come out better. Like he'll he'll come out firing where Alonzo is still restrictive and whatnot. Uh, and I hate being like comparing them, but um, that's he's learned from him. He's watched him, and their mm-hmm. their size and their game style is somewhat similar. But Lamelo's got a way better shot and scoring abilities. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sold on his mechanics either. 
Yeah, and I mean, I think all that's fair um, in what you're saying. I mean, you know, there's there's people that get caught up in the highlights, but highlights are just that. They're the high points of the game. So uh, he definitely has some deficiencies, especially on defense. Uh, you know, he can chuck it a little bit on offense, you know, as far as shooting goes. Um, and he gets a little antsy on his passes, I guess. But right. he's still young, you know, and I mean, he's he's grown a lot. Like since he was in Lithuania, like I I didn't want to touch Lamelo Ball with a ten foot pole when I was watching him in right. Lithuania, but now Same. watching him now, you can definitely see the maturity in his game and as a person. So I I think you know he's grown leaps and bounds. But let me ask you just a strictly strictly hypothetical: What do you think his fit with Shea Gilgis Alexander would be like? Ooh, I think. Uh... Being the size and talent, I think it'd be worth worth a go if they had an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would not be afraid of it. I'll tell you that. Uh, but if Lamelo didn't shake out, I think he could take away from Shea's growth. That's for sure. Um, yeah. I just I would I would I wouldn't run from it. That's for sure. But I'm just saying I I think it could be negative in the long run or even the even the short run. Uh, yeah. You could find out pretty quickly if they work or not. But um, I would much rather have Shea be next to a guy like Tyler Hero, uh, Kevin Herter, um, that sort of thing. Um, or else, even if Hami became better, I mean, guy that can get after it on defense, you know, just I don't want a ball dominant guy next to him. I really don't. Yeah. I understand that. Hey, and I'm, I'm president of the Tower Hero fan club, so I'm <laughs> that's music to my ears. Get, get Tower down to OKC. Hashtag Man, Hero OKC. That would take the house. <laughs> All right. Um, so last question on Thunder, and then we'll move on to a few Wolves questions here. Uh, how do you project their season going slash ending? Right now, if nothing changes, um, I see them winning 34-plus games. I really do, and they'll be competitive along the way could even finish much much higher than that uh but I, their records are probably right right where i would have pegged them at the beginning of the year i think i pegged them for about 34 wins to be honest uh before the season but i don't i don't see them this team being that looking the exact same by the end of the year i really don't yeah. i don't want it to anyways the way um presty i mean the way he's got all these picks i think they, there's talent out there they can go get younger players that are more developed but I just think Gallo is a guy especially that so many teams want I think you got to go at least get a pick for him or get a yeah. young young talent for him uh there's something out there like shoot I mean Davis Bertans I mean there's Davis Bertans for Gallo would be would be interesting for me something like that uh, but I'm not. I'm not sure. Like I put a way smaller percentage on Chris Paul. Um, I'm not sold on anybody really going hard enough after him. Where Presti's going to get blown away if OKC stays competitive here for a while longer. It's always going to depend on how they're doing winning wise. Yeah. Because uh, I think he might as well. He might want to just wait till next summer to see where they're at too. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's in any rush, or he's at least that's what it's on the surface level. So. I don't know if uh, if they make a trade, they'll be twenty six wins, twenty eight wins, um, but it will just be the Shea show. I mean, and there'd be nothing wrong with that. And maybe Darius Bailey they can get twenty four to twenty six minutes and um, unleash him sooner than later to see what he's made of. 
Yeah, I think if Gallo gets traded, or or I should say when Gallo gets traded, um, Baisley will probably slide at least to the starting spot. I you know I don't think he's going to play how many minutes Gallo is playing, but I, I think you know around what you said that twenty four twenty six minute. I, I think he'll definitely get an increased role and at least start. Um, I don't know if he'll close. It'll just depend how he does defensively, but uh, that that'll be huge for his growth. Uh, you know, get a good strong look at him. Um, and the reason I say when we trade Gallo is because he's an expiring deal. So like you said, right. like anything we can get for him, if we can get a pick for him or a first round pick for him, then absolutely, you know, let him go. Um, personally, I'd like to get a young player alongside there just because, you know, picks aren't guaranteed. Well, young players aren't guaranteed either, but at least, you know, you've seen what they can do a little bit in the NBA. So but that's kind of what I want for Gallo. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're on the same like mind that, once we make those trades, our our wins, our ceiling for the wins definitely are going to drop down low, and that's that's kind of why we're looking at the lottery right now, uh, as far as like where we're wanting to be drafting. But let's uh, let's talk a little bit about your Wolves, man. Now he didn't play in the game last night, but I just got to ask you, what in the world did the Oklahoma City Thunder do to Andrew Wiggins? <laughs> just like always having his career games against him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I, I love it. I wish we could play <laughs> whenever he's playing. I wish we could play every time. Uh, but, that, yeah, it's kind of been the joke around Minnesota forever, too. It's like anytime Andrew Wiggins went on a run, we must have been playing OKC a couple times there. Close. But uh, I I think Andrew Wiggins turned the page. I, I really do. I think this is a different Andrew Wiggins. But um, the problem is – we're allowing him to be way more in control right now um, than Towns. Like Andrew Wiggins, we're literally playing our season, him as the number one option versus he has to be the number two in order for us to have success. Um, And that's been a major issue for us, but um, sometimes you got to take a step back to eventually move forward and kind of like the Thunder are doing in their rebuild and the Timberwolves and Andrew Wiggins. I mean, that's kind of what we are doing right now as well. I mean, Overall, our ceilings becoming a little limited as we go through this Andrew Wiggins growth period. Um, but we're going to have to, sooner than later, Wiggins is going to need to be able to do this, but being the number two instead of the number one option. Yeah, and it, it's kind of a joke with the Thunder fans, too. We always, uh, you know, you get the side-by-side tweets of Andrew Wiggins against anybody else, and it's just Andrew Wiggins. And it says, Andrew <laughs> Wiggins versus OKC, and it's Michael Jordan shooting the game winner. So It's just wild. It's, yeah, that, it's fun. That's the regard we hold Andrew Wiggins in. So uh, there you go for that. Um, because of that, do you um, believe in him a lot more, or no? Do you just see him for what he is? Uh, we we see him for what he is. We just can't figure out why why he goes <laughs> off against us. I mean, ever since he hit that game winner a couple of years ago um, yeah. from half court, it's just like, oh, by the way, we're playing OKC. I'm gonna drop forty now. So confidence does the man wonders. That's for sure. Yep, absolutely. Now speaking of confidence, man, let's, let's talk a little bit about Cat Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Kentucky Wildcats alum. Uh, having a career year, man. Um, I mean, he's shooting 42% from deep or 43%. Yeah, 43% from deep on eight attempts, uh, scoring 26 points a game, 11.9 rebounds, four and a half assists, a steal, and 1.4 blocks a game. Like, this guy is going crazy this year. So what do you think his ceiling is? Monster level. I think his ceiling is just 
monster, monstrosity. I mean, it's a lot higher when he's the number one option. I'm going to continue to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's so much better when Wiggins is, is out, and he just it hasn't been the number one option with Wiggins. It just There's very little sample size and indication saying that's changing either um, with the way we're letting Wiggins play this year and the way he's playing. Um, but, I mean, we're winning games, sure, but I think we can win a lot more, and um, it, our ceiling's limited um, if Towns isn't our number one option. I, I want to see him in that, 17 to 20 shots per game every night. I really do, especially with this roster. I mean, have it change when a new roster's coming in. Uh, but defensively, um, awareness on offense, taking over at, at the times. Because, sure, we can't put it all on the coach in this situation. This is on talents, too, that letting deferring to Wiggins when, when he's there. But, um, yeah, he gets the numbers he does. I mean, yes, because he's really good. But also because, I mean, he has to on the team we have right now. Like, this roster isn't amazing by any means. Uh, we're finding out what he's really made of, though, because I think this team does have enough talent where he should win, especially when Wiggins is there. Like, if he is who we think he is, I personally think as, as long as Wiggins plays 75-plus games, we should be able to, he should be able to get us to that eighth seed. But uh, it's it's do or die. I mean, we got to make a trade here because you never know with these players now that uh, when you have somebody this talented and this good, um, you don't know where their mindset's at or how quickly it's going to change. So we got to make trades to accommodate to him and get the team that he needs and um, well equipped it or else we're going to lose him too. But I, I think his ceiling's the, the, the sky. Seriously, I think it's crazy. Um, I've always said I was so high on him coming into that draft and even higher now. I think he's got a top three player in this league ceiling. Um, but I just want to see him be consistently a top seven, top ten guy. Hey, I'll take it. I, I love Cat, man. I, I love watching this game, you know, obviously, at Kentucky, and I've Love watching him in the league. Uh, you know, he's he's a guy that seems to dominate Adams every time we play. So I don't love that so much. Um, but I think you know him just expanding his game to the three point line. I mean, like I said, forty three percent on eight attempts from your center. Like that's that's ridiculous. Like he's he's shooting the ball crazily. Like and uh, he kept you guys in the game last night. He actually got you guys back because the Thunder took a lead there in the fourth quarter and Cat hit like two or three threes. Yeah. You know, in, in the span of like two or three minutes, and it's just like, what the heck, man? Like, somebody put a body on this man. But I mean, it, it seemed like as soon as he shot it, I knew it was going down because, I mean, he was just doing so good. But hey, outside of Cat and outside of Wiggins, who are you most real, intrigued with? On the, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Real quick, I mean, what don't you like of Cat? I mean, what what don't you like? I, I want to know because I I still I'm gonna be. You, you, it's all about expectations and where you hold a player's standards to. And mine are so high for Cat, and I still don't think he's the most intelligent player and takes a lot of terrible shots. But mm-hmm. um, a lot of times they're not bad for him, even though they're bad when we they're released and what have you. But um, yeah, and his defense, I've been re- impressed. It's coming around, but yet he still can be a dud from time to time. Yeah, his his defense is the main culprit. You know his. 
like I said, you know, his steals and his blocks, you know, they're, they're showing up, but that doesn't always indicate great defense. You know, I'm a Thunder fan. I've watched Russell Westbrook, um, you know, mm-hmm. get those breakaway steals all game, but, you know, fall asleep on people in the corner, backdoor cuts. So yeah, sure. uh, I, I think his defense still needs some work. And I mean, that goes all the way back to his Kentucky days. Um, but I think if he can put it all together defensively, like, I mean, like you said, like he's got top five, even higher potential. Absolutely. But uh, outside of him and Wiggins, who are you most intrigued with on your roster? So, Rocco is my guy. I mean, being he's on the show, but I've always loved him. Um, I see him as all defense, top 10 type of defender in this league. Um, and it's been sad because the shot hasn't been falling um, mm-hmm. like it has in the past, but I believe it will come. Uh, but it's I think he's been putting a lot more pressure on himself this year and I can I can see it in the way he plays because he knows what this team needs out of him in the role like where other teams haven't needed him you know it's he's a bonus and he's yeah. a complimentary piece where he can just be who he is and we're realizing right now that offensively he's got to be that guy he, he's not a guy that can take over games and um be any more than that which is fine that's a great player and the piece that every team needs and wants um but once we build the roster around him that percentage will go up what have you um other than that i I've, i'm really high on a kogi i'm really high on jared culver and yes jared culver went over six last night um against your squad but um he's getting better touch around the rim he's getting there more he's he's Coming more fearless and confident, and um, he's just—he's small. He's—I mean—he's got to put on a bunch of weight, and his mechanics aren't great either. But I believe in the guy. I think he's an intelligent player. Um, I think he's a guy that's just—it's crazy because he's a three-year college player. I still just think he's super raw, um, which there's there's levels to this, and uh, no matter how polished he was in college, I mean. It's like he's starting all over again, which is weird. I haven't seen too many cases like him. Um, but he's more polished on the defensive side than most. I'll give him that. But uh, scoring-wise and everything else, I mean, definitely much further behind than I thought he'd be. Yeah, I really like Akogi. Um, yep. just his, uh, his, yeah, his defensive ability is is ridiculous. Um, it, it remind he he plays defense like Pat Bev, honestly, like the yep. way that the griminess that he plays defense with. So I, I really enjoy watching him. Yeah, Culver, you know, like you said, he struggled there, and I guess he hasn't been shooting that well all season. Isn't he shooting like 23 percent from three or something like that? You're not wrong. Nope, he's right there. Yeah, but you know. A guy that drafted that high, a guy that shot as well as he did in college, uh, it, it's going to be there. So I, I'm I'm really intrigued by Jarrett Culver. I'd love to have him alongside Shea, honestly. But, you know, he's up yeah, there in Minnesota. So. He'd be great. I mean, I, I would honestly, if there was proven, um, like if we could get Gallo and CP3, it sounds crazy, but I, I would give, give them up. Like that's. I, I, it'd be tough for me. I'd need a pick at least 
coming back too. But I mean, that, he, you're right. He was, he's that young talent that we need those players. You got, and mm-hmm. he'd be a perfect fit. I completely agree because he's not a guy that is needing to take over right now. He's gradually developing. He just needs minutes and um, to be put with the right players and system and what have you. And, but he's coming game after game. Yeah, man, we'll we'll look to watch his growth there, and maybe a future trade. Possibly. Let's do it. <laughs> I, I I want CP and I want Gallo. Let's make it happen. Hey, we we probably work something out. Um, how do you feel about the job that Coach Saunders has done with this team? So that, that's a that's a tough and loaded question. So the the biggest thing, um, and I, I'll just long story short. I wanted the Wolves to just show more effort in the coaching search. I was okay with him being hired. I'm not mad at it by any means, mm-hmm. uh, but I just wanted more effort. We, we didn't really give that. It was a pretty rushed decision, and um, that's all right. It is what it is now. But um, with how he's been, he, the best thing he does right now is relationships. Uh, he's basically the opposite of tips, okay? Yeah, uh, he's an analytics guy. He likes the, the what the pace, what he allows these players to do, uh, has been great. So he does a lot of good things. I mean, but the minutes, the rotation, the, I mean, the plays, the structure—that's not really there. But he, it, it's big picture, and now he's got to tighten it up. And I've been okay at the right things are going, uh, but he definitely has got to tighten the screws a little bit here coming up um and i'm a guy and you know listening to our show i always talk about how important coaching is and Mm -hmm. ryan my partner completely disagrees the importance of coaching in the nba um but it's showing right now i think he's the number one reason for andrew wiggins growth i really do i mean okay sorry not number one but he's in the top three number one Mm -hmm. reason why andrew wiggins growth is Jimmy Butler and Derrick Rose both being gone. That's number one. <laughs> yeah. uh, Saunders is right there, though, behind that. Um, so now he's got to take that relationship and say, we're, this team runs through town. <laughs> that's where we're at. Yeah, and that's all fair, man. You know, uh, the, the way that fans perceive coaching, it, it's kind of wild because, you know, certain coaches are better for certain times during mm-hmm. a team's run. Because Billy Donovan, uh, whenever Russ Westbrook, KD, Paul George, all them was here, fans hated Billy Donovan. Right. Um, but as we are going through this rebuild, we're going through this younger team, uh, you know, a new philosophy – uh, fans are starting to come around on Billy Donovan because this is the kind of team Billy Donovan is used to. You know, he built a powerhouse at Florida, you know, off of young players uh, playing a system where they move the ball and, you know, they get after it on defense. And, you know, that we just didn't have that until this season. You know, we, we made the moves that we had. So now we're starting to see a little bit what he can do as far as game planning goes and just his development. I mean, he's – Abdul Nader, you know, he started last night. He didn't do great. He had six points, but I mean, he's shooting 42% from deep. Like Billy Donovan's getting the most out of these guys that nobody ever would have thought had a chance to, you know, make an impact in the NBA game. You know, a guy like him, you know, you credit him for Terrence Ferguson's growth, maybe even Hamadou Diallo's growth. Like Billy Donovan is really, you know, flashing his chops there. So uh, I agree with you. I, th- I think coaching is really important. And, um, 
So yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll give you that because yeah, I I'm higher on Billy than I've been the past few years as well. I mm-hmm. have never been high on Billy Donovan. I thought he was a bottom ten coach in the league, and uh, and I'm I'm not like insanely high on him now. But you're you had great points there, and I, and the players are definitely getting better, and that's the most important thing. Absolutely, man. And uh, the, the last thing we're going to talk about on the Timberwolves before we move on to something else here, uh, how do you project the season ending? I sure hope it's a playoff seed. I really <laughs> do. I mean, we're right there, 8-9 seed right now, but um, it's not. we're not trending the right way. It's our first three-game loss, uh, three-game losing streak of the season. Mm. Um, we got to end that next game. That's got to happen, but uh i'm i'm still we're 22 games in and it's we've played the exact same way and been trending backwards so um we were one of those teams that started off hot because all the good teams know how to pace and they don't come out as hot um at the beginning it's the way things go it takes time to gel with new rosters and everything where the wolves should have came out hot like they did so um, our job is to just stay where we're at, and I'm not expecting too many crazy wins, but I expect 38 plus. Um, if we lose more, I mean, if we don't win more than 38 games, I'm going to be disappointed. I'll tell you that. Yep, man, I, I understand completely. Uh, you know that disappointment, um, but it, it will be fun to watch and see if you guys can make that uh, playoff push for that last seed. I think it was a couple years ago. You guys kind of had a play-in game against Denver. Yeah, um, in that last regular season game, winner goes to the playoffs. So, and you guys won that one, didn't you? We did. Yep. Yeah, wild yeah, times, but... and then Cat uh, got son to Clint Capella in the playoffs. It was great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he that, needs that... a chance to redeem himself. That's for sure. So he only averaged out yeah, 15 points in his first playoff run. So that was that was awful. So he he needs another shot here. Oh yeah, he's grown a lot too. So I I think he'd go in and dominate some people but speaking of cat and speaking of playoffs all right so let's let's go down this rabbit hole of wild scenario here so say you guys miss the playoffs tensions run high cat gets unhappy and he demands a trade all right so okay see we've talked about the ample amounts of future draft picks we have um excluding shay because obviously we want to couple him with cat is there a deal on the table that you would accept for Cat to come to OKC? Hell no, you don't got Shay. <laughs> yeah, you need you need Shay Adams, and, and I don't think it still gets it done. I mean, you, all the picks in the world. Because uh, I'm not a guy that I'm not very high on picks, to be honest. I've never been. Mm-hmm. A, I prefer um, I prefer talent um, and real players versus picks because it's such a crapshoot and. We're the team that's passed on the likes of Steph Curry and plenty of others I can name. So um, I'm never going to trust the draft in Minnesota. And that that's fair. That's fair. I, I would love to see Cat alongside Shea, though. Oh, it'd be fun. It'd be a Kentucky kid's dream, that's for sure. But, yeah. Uh, I actually, uh, on, on my 2K, I went through and uh, made my own team of just Kentucky players in the NBA. And I had uh, Shea. My starting lineup was Shea, Booker, Knox, P.J. Washington, and Cat. And, I mean, it, it, was, it was just a blast to play with. Yeah, you just need to – that's why you got to trade CP and Gallo and 
maybe Adams and see what kind of young talent you can get. And maybe you could go out and make a big splash like that. But if things came crumbling down, I, I don't want to even think about that. But <laughs> you definitely need more talent to be equipped with. Support for Topic Thunder comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. We've all heard the horror stories. We've all had that situation. We were shaving down below, and then all of a sudden, your world stops. You grit your teeth. You want to kick something. You want to punch something. And you want to scream your head off. No more. That's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Lawnmower 2.0 comes inside their Perfect Package 2.0, which makes for the perfect holiday gift this season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. Don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorants on your armpits, or you should. So why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls stink. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I'm thankful for the Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keeps your ball from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade from those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxer briefs. Tis the season to Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, your friend, your uncle, your grandpa, the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BIGHEADSMEDIA at manscaped.com. That is B-I-G-H-E-A-D-S-M-E-D-I-A, and your balls will thank you. Once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGHEADSMEDIA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. But don't forget to use the promo code BIGHEADSMEDIA. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. All right, man. Well, let's let's have a little fun here. Let's go into a random game session here to close out the podcast. And uh, first, I'm going to pull a game from your all's podcast, Overrated, Underrated. Love it. All right. So first topic, we got tangible feelings. So this isn't happy or sad. This is actually tangible things you can feel. Huh. Wow, there you go, throwing, <laughs> throwing <laughs> hard balls right out of the gates. Uh, are you talking like objects, stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Um, I go first, you want me to? Yeah, go for it. All right, so my, uh, my underrated feeling is just the feeling of any kind of like putty, like Play-Doh. Um, silly putty, anything like that. Just putty in my hands. Yeah, that that's my underrated feeling. All right, overrated. Uh, overrated. Uh, I'm gonna go with ceramic. Uh, any like any kind of like hardened ceramic. Like honestly, like just touching it, 
yeah, it gives me goosebumps and makes me cringe. So yeah, that that's my overrated one. Fair. I'm gonna go honestly, fingernails against any like wall, mm. concrete, um chalkboard, that sort of thing. Just fingernails, like it just gives me chills, that's for sure. That's that's uh, fair. So something I like. Um I like touching grass, I really do, but I'm gonna go woman's hair. Ooh, I see you. <laughs> All right, uh, holidays. This is an easy one. Holidays. Um, underrated, the 4th of July. Um, I, I love the 4th of July. It's hot. I'm a late guy. Um, my family, extended family, get together, and we tear it up on the lake. It's a blast. Um, over, And you don't have to give anybody gifts on – Fourth of July. So no, I love that. Uh, overrated for me is uh, Thanksgiving, to be honest, because you're doing a lot of the same things as you are on the Fourth of July, but it's cold, so you're you're inside, um, and there's not any NBA on all day. So um, I do like the NFL. I'm an NFL guy, but um, compared to other holidays, yeah, Thanksgiving's overrated, and I don't like the food on Thanksgiving. You know, you make solid points on Thanksgiving <laughs> being overrated. Um, my uh, my underrated is April Fool's Day. Uh, you just get to be a jerk all day and you have an excuse. Damn. Uh, my overrated is Halloween. Um, I don't know. I just, I just don't like dressing up. And I, I feel like a lot of bad things can happen on Halloween. And I don't like to think about it. Fair. All right. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not a big Halloween guy either. Right, there we go. All right, taking it to the hardwood. Dribble moves. Whew. Uh, dribble moves. I'm going to go overrated as... I'm going to go overrated as between the legs. I mean, yeah. I just think it's it's a busy move. I just think people do it as a busy move and just as a motion uh, it doesn't do have much impact in my opinion um underrated i'm gonna go the in and out hey i i'm an in and out connoisseur so i'm right there with you uh you actually you actually took my overrated uh between the legs you know it's not something you could do full speed you can't really get around somebody on the break with that I, yep. I think it's more of just a rhythm dribble move and also you know makes you look cool um, my underrated dribble move is the the behind the back, um, and anytime you can pull a nice behind the back dribble when somebody goes for a steal, um, yeah, that that's my underrated underrated dribble move. Hell yeah, man, that was a great one, dribble move. I love it. All right, closing it out with kitchen utensils. Ooh, I'm not much of a cooker baker. Uh, need to get better at that with my first kid on the way here. Um, kitchen utensil. Thank you for that. Um, kitchen utensil. Uh, underrated is a wine bottle opener. I'm gonna go with that. Uh, I'm gonna consider that a kitchen utensil. Uh, count it. Uh, overrated is overrated is a butter knife. Mm. Yeah, I, I can see it. It only has really one use. <laughs> For sure. You can just save your money and use 
use the sharper knives for the things you'd use a butter knife for. That is fair. I never really thought about that. <laughs> uh, my overrated, I'm going to go with the little egg spatula thing. Um, I don't really know what it's called. Um, you know, it's just like that, I don't know, like white edge spatula thing. I don't yeah, even know what it's called. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's my overrated. Uh, my underrated is a sport because it's multi-person. Or it's multi-positional. It's got a lot of uh, got a lot of versatility there. So versatility, versatility. What the frick's that? Versatility. Love it. That's a good one. There we go. All right. There was the overrated, underrated. Now we're gonna get into a little game we like to play with our guests, and it's called this or that. So the premise is you know pretty simple. Uh, you guys kind of do something like this too, but. They aren't the same questions you guys ask. So, premise is simple. I give you two things, and you pick it. And we'll try to do this rapid-fire style. Um, but if you feel like you need to add context to it, go right ahead. Okay. All right, here we go. Dogs or cats? Dogs. My man. I Phone hate call? cats. Yeah, they're, Especially they're wild cats. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> All right, phone call or text message? Phone call. All right. Ice cream or snow cone? Ice cream. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Cake or pie? Neither. I'm not a sweet guy, but I would go pie. All right. We respect it. Uh, What's worse, laundry or dishes? Laundry for sure. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Couches or recliners? Couches. All right. Passenger or driver? Passenger. Red or blue? That's tough, but blue. All right. At a movie, candy or popcorn? Candy. All right. This one you'll be judged on. Toilet paper, over or under? Over. I always use too much toilet paper. All right, there you go. You answered correct there, just just so you know. <laughs> Good. All right. Cups in a cabinet, right side up or upside down? Right side up. All right, yeah. I, I had to think about it for a second. I was about to say, you'll be judged for that one, too. Uh, pa- pancake or waffle? Waffle. Absolutely. You get all the syrup in the, in the little combs there. Amen. Coke or Pepsi? Neither, but uh, Coke with my captain. All right. City or country? I'm a little of both, but um, I lean towards city. All right. Winter or summer? Uh, I think I know this one. Summer, all day, every day. There you go. Working alone or working with a team? Team. T-shirt or hoodie? T-shirt. Could have guessed that with the summer thing. Yep. All right. When sleeping, fan or no fan? Uh, fan on high blast, super chill, windows open, the needed freezing. There you go. All right, the last one, ninja or pirates? Whew. Ninja. All right. Hey, you, you killed that, man. That was fun. That was good stuff right there. <laughs> you, did you differ a lot on that or what? Uh, there, there was a few of them I, I'm different on, but, uh, the main ones you got right. We'll, we'll say that. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. All right, man. Well, Hey, we, we definitely appreciate you coming on here. Uh, it was a great time. Like I said, I really enjoy your podcast. So just 
having you on here to Top Shop and talk a little Thunder basketball it was really enjoyable. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell people uh, where they can hear you, where they can follow you, where they can find your stuff? Yeah, I really appreciate that, man. And anytime you want me, I'm always, I'm always in. So, uh, Zach Noble, Z A K N O B L E, is my Twitter handle. Um, that's really the only social I do. Um, other than that, you can find me. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, and that's four seasons, four SZNS, and then anywhere ball is life, all over ball is life. All right, man. Yeah, I actually forgot to mention you was in our uh, super mock draft extravaganza pod we had around draft time. Uh, yeah, and, and I loved it because you uh, you talked about having a big board, and you know you you narrowed down prospects as they were selected, and I, I, I loved how serious you took the process. It, it, I really appreciated that. When it comes to hoops, I take everything serious. <laughs> I mean, I like, we can get our jokes in, but uh, at the end of the day, I'm more serious than that. Absolutely, man. Well, hey, one more time, just appreciate you coming on. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'll be I'm looking forward to the next podcast and uh, you know, look forward to having you on in the future. And I hope you have a good night, man. All right, you too. Thanks a lot. See ya. We'll see you, man. Heads up! Heads up! Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.